Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to finish up the gifts of healings and hopefully get into the word of wisdom tonight. Um, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit where we've been, uh, I've been, I made the request, you, you can if you'd like, I think it would be good for you, but read 1 Corinthians 12 uh, and 1 Corinthians 14 through this process of going over these teachings. Uh, it'll help you understand and give a little more continuity to what we're talking about. You know what I found interesting? Because I read through all those today and I included chapter 13 because it's kind of a linchpin in the middle there, you know, walking in love, kind of a big deal in everything that we do. But uh, at, in the beginning of chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Paul says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. How many have read that before? Okay, so he doesn't want you to be ignorant. Do you know what the last verse in 1 Corinthians 14, verse, verse 40, or verse 39? No, 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 let me see. Yeah, verse 38 says, But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. I'm like, Paul was awesome. In other words, I know what he's saying. You don't want to be ignorant? Here's the information. The end of the argument? Oh, you choose to be ignorant? Then be ignorant. That's exactly what he was saying. And I love that about the Apostle Paul because we live in a generation that's like, oh, no, 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 we, you know, we got to just keep giving them, you know. And Paul was like, I gave you the information. You either show some interest or I'm out of here. You know, he was just that way, which is very apostolic, by the way. So, uh, uh, but in learning this, we choose, we actually, it's not that we can give ourselves a revelation, but we choose whether we're open to revelation or not. So, uh, I've said this many times, it doesn't matter who's sharing it, if it's the word of God, if you get hung up on presentation, you actually can, can stop yourself from receiving revelation. I've, I've, I've sat in services before, I have a good friend of mine who was an associate pastor and with me at uh, Freedom Church, and he's in a different field now doing secular work and uh, doing kingdom work in the secular world, really. And uh, he, he got up to teach one time, and this, the lead pastor was out. And uh, I had a guy, uh, this was actually before I was on staff, but there was a guy sitting next to me, and he really liked the lead pastor's you know, style and all that. And I get it. I understand that. But uh, he looked at me, and he said, I don't need this. I need somebody with a real anointing. And he got up and left. I never saw him again in the church. Now, maybe he found another place. I don't know. But I don't care where you go. With that kind of attitude, you get nothing from anything. You know, it wouldn't matter. You know, revelation can come. And this is something that uh, uh, I've, I work on developing and have developed in myself. The word of God is the word of God. Vessels are vessels. They're just vessels. Paul said, who is, a, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? We're just servants. That's all we are. We're just those that want to do what God wants us to do, and here's what we have. And when you understand that, and it's not a disrespectful thing. It's actually a respect for the word of God. I'm not saying you should just, just you know, disdain people. But if you're really thirsty, what does it matter if the cup is a glass or it's plastic? 
What does it matter if it's China or a Dixie cup or a solo cup? <laughs> you know what I mean? Who cares if you're thirsty? You're thirsty. But people do. They, make all, they think, well, I can't receive anything from a Baptist. So be it. So be it. I can't receive anything from a Lutheran, from a Presbyterian, from a, you know what I mean? So be it then. We have to be open to whatever God is saying from his word, and the vessel is the vessel. It just is what it is. And so uh, I know Brother Hagin shared with us, he said, this was a story he shared when, we were in, when I was in school, but he shared about the fact that he was listening to a minister, and this particular minister was railing on the word of faith, which Brother Hagin is kind of known as the guy who championed it in this generation. And uh, he didn't come up with it. I'll put it to you that way. But the Lord just emphasized that specific message through him. It's just like Andrew Womack, you know what he champions? You know what his call is? Grace. It is grace. But he, uh, Brother Hagin was listening, and this guy made several, a few derogatory comments about, about faith and the word of faith. Which is funny to me anyway, because, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. But Brother Hagin said, in, he, he said, I, I thought about turning him off. Have you ever done that in a service? I've done that, you know, turn him off. Bad idea. But I thought about turning him off. And uh, he said, but I didn't. I just kept myself open to hear from the Lord. And he said it wasn't just a few minutes later he answered a question that Brother, had, Brother Hagin had about the Bible that he had been looking at for like, I think, 20 years. And he got his answer just like that. But if he would have shut off, right? I know we're hitting this again and again, but think about this. This is the 19th message in this series. Can you handle it? What I've found is the people that are strongest are those who plod. They're plodders. They plot along. You say, what do you mean by that? They gain a truth, and they add it to the truth that they got five years ago. And then they gain another truth, and they add that truth to the truth they already knew. Come on, they build on the foundation, which is Christ alone, but you only build from Christ upon that foundation. It's those that can steadily keep going. It isn't those that ride highs and lows in services. Have you ever met uh, people that bounce from service to service? Uh, there, are, there are people that chase certain ministers around the country. That means you're, you're eating one. There are, there are people that I know, like, I, I've been told this, okay? It's a, such a blessing. But there are, you know, they, they imply that there's no church spiritual enough for them in this city. I'm talking about in Billings in this area. You're right. You're beyond spiritual for everybody else. You're so spiritual, you disobey the word of God, which tells you not to forsake the gathering of yourselves together. And you pretend you're spiritual. It's Wednesday night. <laughs> this, is this, this is the core group. Yeah. Mm. We drill deep. We may sweat, but the tent ain't going nowhere because we got the stakes so deep. You know what I mean? We're strong. And I, I understand. I mean, I, it's not all people 
are that way, and that's more of an extreme type thing. But spirituality, when you're truly spiritual, you stop thinking about yourself. And you look to give to somebody else. And I'm not claiming I'm fully there. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is people that think they're really spiritual, but all they are is critical, they're actually at the lowest levels of spirituality that exist. In fact, I mean, I wouldn't even call it spirituality. You're probably just born again. If nothing is ever good enough, you know what I mean by that? We just got to be careful with it because uh, so much of the time... We pray for the move and believe God for the move of the Spirit, and we are, and we experience it, but we end up actually missing certain levels that are, already a, that can be, that are available to us because we don't develop spiritually like we should. Because it actually is to have a, to, to, to be able to sustain, and what I mean by sustain is stand in a true move of God, you have to be mature. From the, from the leadership all the way down, there has to be maturity in that group. I've watched it happen. I watched it happen more than once in, in different, at different times when there wasn't stableness and and. And true spiritual stability in leadership or in a group of people that were meeting together, the enemy, he so easily can pull it apart. He does it. I watched it happen. And it wasn't God in heaven going, No, I, I'm not moving for them. I don't even want to be around them. That's not the issue. The issue is the Lord knows that if He if He gave us everything that we were praying for at that moment. We wouldn't be able to handle it. So I'll give you an example. Heidi and I got a prophetic word, and I'll just use me because, well, I don't know your story. So anyway, we were down at uh, the, the rally, the Breakforth rally, and Pastor Tim Davidson gave us a word. And the word was more, 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 more. And then he said this, I'm not going to tell you the details because you'd be overwhelmed. That doesn't, that doesn't tell me God looks at me and goes, there's no point. Look at him. He ain't going to make it. It tells me he knows I need to develop. It tells me he's working with me in developing so that I can get to where the mores can be revealed. But I don't even want to know the mores. And people say, you don't, but how are you going to, you know, uh, you know prepare? You've got to prepare. I'll prepare as he shows me what to do. And then I'm surprised when he does what he does as I'm fellowshipping and working. Come on, it's the same in everybody's life, right? Individually. People say, well, I, I should be here by now. How do you know? And even if you are, quote unquote, supposed to be there, Are you going to force it? How many have ever tried to arm wrestle God? (laughs) 
You can't force him. He's not, he doesn't, he's not moved by manipulation. Or our, you know, or pitiful cries. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean by that? He's not moved by that. In other words, um, spiritual maturity understands the process of patience and actually engages it. Because it realizes, a person who's spiritually mature realizes that if I engage this patience, I'll, there'll be so much that comes. I'll be so effective uh, and, and, and in fulfilling what God has called me to do in 10 years from now that I won't even remember all the stuff that I thought was so horrible right now. Come on, some of you that have been saved for like more, you, you know, you're past 50. You don't have to raise your hand, but just nod your head. So, you know, <laughs> you know this is true. I've experienced this because when I was first saved at 19 and really gave my heart to the Lord, where I am today in my relationship with the Lord, I realize slower is better. It's better because there are many times I've just forced, I've tried to force things. And I realize, nope, just relax. Settle down. That's why I've been making statements like, you know, I'm going to be here in 20 years anyway. So, what? you know, and if I keep exhorting like this, this, this series will go on into next year. I w- <laughs> you really know the gifts of the Spirit. Do you understand my point, though? What's the hurry? Where are you going to go? You know, uh, in 10 years from now, you could be reaching... talking about in your world or whatever you're doing, whatever God has mandated you to do, I'm talking about as far as his kingdom operations, even in your relationship with him, you could look back over the 10 years and go, I grew more and am doing more than I could have ever imagined. You know what I mean by that? Faith gets us there. The ministers that I've seen uh, were, uh, there's a book that I've read and Heidi is, was reading it the other day uh, on leadership. And it was talking about how those who rise too quickly in ministry or in leadership. It was talking about how those who rise too quickly find the descent just as quick. But those who rise slowly They learn something, and then they learn another thing. And they don't try and get, they don't try and live out here when they're right here. They may think about there, they may pray about there, but they live and they're where the Lord has right here. And, And you add this with this, and this with this, and you, you, you're, you're not impatient in the process. And people say, well, I'm already 40. Or I'm already 30. 
Or I'm already 70. I don't know. But that mentality, if it's an impatient one, it won't get you to where you want to be. You have to back up and slow down. And we live in a world of, oh, if you don't have, you know, stocks on your phone and you're not looking every five seconds to see what the, you're going to go broke. And, uh, and if you're not going <laughs> to, we got all this stupid, you know, uh, this, this, do you want to, how many, how many have, you, everybody's got apps on their phone. I always put no notifications, no notifications, no notifications. Can we use, are we allowed to do this? No, 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 no. You're not allowed to do anything. I don't want to know. I don't care who liked the post on Facebook or who added to their story. When I want to go look at it, I will. But we live in a world where everything is just bombarding. If you wanted to, you could feel like you're living in Ukraine right now. <laughs> and Putin is your worst enemy. If you wanted to. And you, you, get, you can get, actually get wrapped up in things that you're not supposed to. And so we have to be careful with that. We have to be careful with those things. Let's just keep steady. I, I remember the Lord brought this back to me. Uh, I said this uh, probably in 2016. Maybe it was in 2015. But when we had started, first started the church and we were going over some of the uh, uh, just vision of the church and stuff like that. And the Lord dealt with me about uh, uh, with a baseball analogy. He said, Sean, you don't need to hit a home run every time you get up. Just hit somebody on base. Just, get, just get, get, get one person on base. Then get another person on base. Then get another person on base. And what we've noticed through the years is those that will, will steadily grow, they are the ones that become so stable the devil can't move them. And God is able to, able to uh, release more of what he has provided. Because he knows he can trust the people with it. And I know that sounds a little bit like earning, but it's not. Because we're actually developing from what has been provided. But there is a natural, or there's a, a part where we cooperate with that. Where we cooperate with that. And so, keep that in mind. Um... As you're, as you're growing and developing it spiritually, and whether, whether it's in your business, I don't care what it is. Whatever area of life it is where you feel anxious, that's not the Holy Spirit. It's not. You know, I mean, uh, years ago, you know, Heidi talked about this, but we, you'd hear about, you know, the, you hear about the Lord returning and end times and stuff like that. And she used to think, I want to get married first. You know, because you think that way when you're, you know, because you, you have your goals, you have your desires and things like that. But the reality is there's no point in fretting over any of it. 
We follow the Lord. He does his part. We're in a good place. Man, some people are going to sleep better tonight. All right. Gifts of healings. Acts chapter 28, verse 7. Gifts of healings. What are gifts of healings? We talked about this um, last week, and we read in Matthew chapter 8, and we're not going to go back there, but gifts of healings. And it's, super, it's the supernatural power of God functioning in the body without any natural help, natural medicine help. And we find here, uh, uh, Acts chapter 28, Paul is on the island of Malta. And uh, we find Paul was shipwrecked. And it says in verse 7, In that region there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went in to him and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. So what do we see here as far as the gifts of healings? First of all, we see this. Paul went in and prayed. I believe that he was looking for direction from the Holy Spirit on how to minister healing. You know, sometimes we have our kind of our way of doing things. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. You know, the scripture says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So we think, oh, just lay hands. But there are actually multiple different ways for healing to manifest. Uh, we know through Paul and uh, through his ministry that miraculous signs and wonders were done, healings were done. We know that actually cloth was taken from him. Um, I don't know if he laid his hands on it or if they just laid it on his lap or what they did. I don't know exactly what they did. But it was taken from him to a, a distance to other people who were demon-possessed and even ill, and they were healed and demons left them. Okay? And we actually, we don't see Jesus doing that as far as cloth is concerned. We do see things where, you know, like the woman touched the hem of his garment, stuff like that. But we don't see where Jesus prayed or, or put his hands on a piece of cloth and sent it somewhere. Come on, we don't have that specific example. But apparently there's a little bit of wiggle room here. Scripturally, as far as that's concerned. And so we see that here. Now, I know uh, when we were uh, down at school, uh, they would pray over cloths and things like that. And people would be healed. One lady, I know she was in a, uh, I think she was in a, I don't know if it was a medically induced coma or a coma. But they put the cloth on her, and she just popped up right out of that coma. I mean, instantly. And started praying in other tongues. Got healed and filled with the Holy Ghost all in one shot. Um, to where I know in one case where somebody was prayed for, they actually tried to give them a sedative to calm them back down, and it didn't work. Because the power of God was just coursing through. you know, And so... The, the gifts of healings can come a lot of different ways. And so we see here that Paul prayed and then he ministered healing. He knows that it is God's will to heal. He just needs to know how. So healing comes through the laying on of hands. This opened the door for many others to be healed as well. Some of the commentaries on this, Andrew Womack says this. This is actually a little bit uh, probably graphic for some people. But he actually had dysentery, but he was bleeding. The gentleman was. So this was serious. It wasn't like, you know, he ate too many berries. Okay? He has some sort of infection. They think maybe cholera or something like that. 
And it's causing fevers and it's causing his body to just, everything to just shoot right through him. And there's bleeding going on. And so um, Paul went in and prayed for him. And of course he was healed. I want to read this. Um, The word here, uh, it says this, that he was sick. And the, the implication in the Greek is that he was sick and dying of a fever. Uh, And that word fever, it actually means to be inflamed. Um, And then dysentery in in the intestines um, had issues there. Um, And when Paul prayed and laid hands on him, it says the the bleeding stopped and the disease ceased. So he prays for him and all of this ends and the power of God changes the situation. And then from that, people hear about it. And they come... And then they're healed. This is why gifts of healing are important. Now, it's not actually recorded that they ever preached the gospel, but what do you bet? Right? I mean, healing is a wonderful uh, uh, road sign to the gospel. Because it's all included in the good news. Amen? And so, we see that. And then it goes on to say this, and I, I, I like this... Uh, there's another uh, 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 commentary here that brought this out, and I really like it. It says this, that it happened at this time, the father of Publius lay sick, suffering from fevers and dysentery. The Greek indicates that these were recurring fevers. He had suffered from them all too often before. Isn't that good news? That even if you have something recurring, God will heal it. People say, well, it just hasn't gone away. It doesn't matter how recurring it is, he'll heal it. You know what I love about Jesus and and about the disciples? I like it. Jesus heals a man who's crippled for how long? 38 years. Humanity looks at that and they go, there's no way. God says, I'm a healer. I don't care if it's 100 years. I can take, like in, in the instance of the crippled man, he, he, God looks at it and goes, oh, that's just a few little adjustments, and I'll have you on your feet in no time. Come on, you got to think this way about it. You know what I mean? He doesn't look down and go, oh, you're right, that's too long. Maybe we shouldn't bother with that case. He, he doesn't look down and go, oh, it's recurring fevers. Well, if it was just a regular fever... Come on. Come on, drive back the unbelief that's been lodged in your brain for too long. <laughs> he doesn't, God doesn't care. He doesn't look at our problems and go, whoo, I wonder what we're going to do. He goes, I already know, I already provided. And so in this case, it was a recurring fever. And this is what this commentary brought out, which I thought was, was uh, very interesting. It says this, that Luke the physician... He was the one that recorded the book of Acts. And Luke the physician was careful to make note of this about the recurring fever. Yet Luke did not work to try to apply knowledge and skill he had as a physician. He did not. I thought that was an interesting point. I'm like, yeah. Because what is our knee-jerk reaction? Well, what does the doctor say? Paul's knee-jerk reaction was... Kneel down here and let's pray. John didn't run in there and go, everybody out. Somebody get me a blood pressure cuff. We need to... 
I'm not mocking that, okay? I'm, I'm making a point here. I'm not against doctor, none of that. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm making a point as believers, where do we go first? You know what people argue? Well, they didn't have the medical treatments that we do today. Well, I would argue this, that even with everything that we do have, Amen? So where do we go? Where's our faith? Where is it? And I'll just tell you this, you, and you, you've probably figured this out, but I will never shame anybody for going to the doctor. That's not my goal here. My goal here is where are we going first, and where is our faith? I, I heard a minister say this recently with the, all the COVID stuff that went on. He said, it was, it was really, actually, I think it was Andrew Womack. He said, but it was really sad to watch all these Christians be just as scared as the world. And just running in panic and things. I mean, just as scared. I remember, I didn't even know really about COVID at first. I kept seeing things on uh, Facebook of Corona bottles and them having the flu because it was coronavirus and they would have a Corona bottle and it, they talked about coronavirus. You know, like the brown bottle flu, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I just, this is hilarious. And then I remember when everything started to shift and the pandemic went into full effect. Do you know half of our church didn't show up that week to church? I, I, I showed up Sunday morning, I'm like, like 50% of the people are gone. I thought it was interesting. Now, I'm for obviously being led. You know, we say use wisdom. Well, a lot of times what that means is be afraid and find out what the world tells you. And then once they tell you it's okay, they know it's okay. That's not wisdom. And the wisdom that we follow is God's wisdom, not ours. And not even man's wisdom. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells us to do, that we do. So it's interesting to me that he says this and brings this out. And obviously, uh, this commentary, they believe in divine healing. But Luke didn't go to work to apply his knowledge and skill he had as a physician. He could have used his skill if the Holy Spirit had directed him to do so, but with even the best ancient medical practice, the care and recovery of the father of Publius would have been long drawn, a long drawn out process. Do you know they're saying, they're reporting now in the news that diseases that we had kind of eliminated are starting to crop up again? So where... Where are we feeding? What are we believing? Gifts of healings. Healing is still in the covenant. It hasn't gone anywhere. But I know this for, for certain. This is something that uh, Jim Hockaday and Leanne have been talking about that in, on Wednesday or on Monday night on their uh, prayer school live on Facebook. They've been talking about this, that God has been speaking to the church 
and we've known it for a while, we can continue to go after it, that dedication and discipline are going to be a big deal coming up. And those that apply themselves now won't have to try to catch up later. Okay? So we need to be aware of that because dedication and discipline is not the responsibility of the preacher. It is, but it isn't. (laughs) You know what I mean? In other words, I can't study for you in that sense. You have to know the Lord for you. Now, I can study for you in a sense. In a sense. I mean, I go to study, I go to read, I go to do what I do for the services and present and believe God for utterance and all those things, and so do all the other ministers that minister here. It's the, it's the same principle, but you hearing it here is not enough. You have to feed on your own time. Well, I got this club and that club, and I got to take the kids here, and I got to do this and that and this. But don't worry, I, I do my 15-minute devotion. It won't be enough. I'm not going to lie. And people say, well, you're saying I have to earn it. No. I'm saying the world is that messed up and your brain needs that much renewal. God has already done the work. But we have to engage the truth. And it won't be enough for your spouse to do it for you. I know people that ride the coattail of their spouse's faith. It's not enough. You have to have your own. You must have your own. Our spouses can help. Even even teenagers that are getting up there, getting up there in age. (laughs) Almost 20. You're getting up there, man. You, You better have your own faith. It better be developed. Well, I'll just count out my parents forever. <laughs> no, you won't. Because they won't live forever. For one. I know people that do that as well. have done it. Well, I'll just get my mom to pray. Why don't you learn to pray? Oh, it must be, you know, uh, plow night. We must be digging, pl- plucking the big rocks out of the ground healing is a part of the covenant and we need to be established in it of course by the word of god and so the uh we saw here also that once he was healed then of course the rest of the the rest of the town came and uh and had hands laid on him uh the foundation for foundations of pentecostal theology said this God has made provision that physical healing would be a ministry of his church and that gifts of healings would operate along with faith. Healing is so common in the ministry of Jesus and in, the, in that of the apostles that a church without gifts of cures or healings would seem far removed from the Bible pattern. Jesus expressed to the church in the Great Commission found in Mark 16, 15 through 18 that signs would follow those who believe. One of the signs would be that the sick would recover after the laying on of hands by believers. As long as it takes to preach the gospel to every creature, 
Signs were to follow those who believed, including that of miraculous healing of the sick. The clause, them that believe, would suggest that signs or gifts were not to be exercised by the apostles only, but by all who had faith. In the command and promise of Jesus, the laying on of hands was to be the outward expression of faith and love on the part of those who would pray and would show that God uses faithful believers as a channel of his power. The believer is the vehicle of power, but the healing is the Spirit's work. It's provided by the Holy Spirit. It's provided by the resurrection. But what is the channel? You and me. Right? Healing comes through us to others. And that's, so gifts of healings, this should be a part of what we do. We should be expecting it. It's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to get comfortable in just hearing a truth. And even being able to express it or kind of line it out. It's different doing it. How many have noticed that? This actually happened uh, through the years. I, I, I uh, and we'll end here, but because it just seems like this is enough for tonight. But it through the years in getting people filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You can believe that. You can practice it. But you really know you when you believe it when you stick with somebody and they haven't spoken with tongues in a while. In other words, you've been working with somebody for 10, 15 minutes and you still haven't gotten it to where it should be. And you know it. But do you stick with it? I remember watching this in prayer school with Jim Hockaday. There was somebody that came up for healing and they had a growth, I think, or a, like some sort of knot or cyst or something on their on their side, and he looked at her and he said, you know, uh, run down the aisle or, or go out to the bathroom and check it. Were you in that service too? No. Um, you were in some with me. But we, he said, go out to the bathroom and check it and come back and it'll be gone. And so she ran out and came back. He said, tell me the truth. Is it still there? She said, yes. He said, do it again. And I think he did this like, Maybe three or four times, but the fourth time she came back, you didn't have to ask if it was there or not. She was dancing down the aisle. It was gone. And that was the faith act. But see, sometimes when it comes to healing and stuff, you say, why are you, why are you kind of pounding these things and talking about uh, you know, developing your own faith and stuff like that? Because some of there are people that are miserable where they're at, but they won't do what they need to do to get where they need to be. And you're, you're, you're slapping everybody around you with a bad attitude, and you need to repent and get it right. Stop making it everybody else's responsibility for your spiritual growth. It's your responsibility. See, I told you we were supposed to end. <laughs> Somebody start the car. we got to get out of here. <laughs> I'm leaving town tomorrow, so whatever. <laughs> In other words, God, uh, I'll put it to you like this. This is what I feel like 
Lord, help me say it the way you want. The Lord loves you. And he wants to fellowship with you. Stop, stop trying to kind of ride the coattails of somebody else. Let your heart go out in faith to him. Stop being afraid that you're going to fail. Or you're not going to... God will make sure you don't fail. He'll make sure of it. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about any sort of... Uh, uh, just a natural thing. I'm talking about spiritual growth. People say, well, well, I've, I've tried to, you know, go after the Lord or, or do what he's asked me to do. And, and uh, I just keep, I keep letting him down. And I have to say this. You're not holding him up. He is holding you up. He is holding me up. I am not redeemed by anything that I have done. I am redeemed by his work and his work alone. It is not a 50-50 deal. God's not like, I saved you. Now you put in 50% of the work and we'll see if you'll get to heaven. No. It's either 100% God or nothing. The law made it that way. It's 100%. Your salvation is secure. And, and, and just to help you a little bit more, God is not in heaven spiritually and emotionally immature going, they let me down again. They let me down again. That is not God. I have something going through me, but I'm not sure I want to say it. (laughs) Because people sometimes think I'm saying something that I'm not. But this, I'm going to say it. It's Wednesday. Why not? (laughs) Some people, I, I sense this just in me. You have enough faith to get the answers to the prayers that you're you have, but you keep asking others to pray for you. And I hear the Lord saying, stop it. Just come to him and pray and believe. Now this, this people could feel like that's a little bit of a, maybe a rebuke. It's not though. It's the Lord actually encouraging you that you're strong enough in the spirit. You can do it. You can carry what you're called to carry. And what I mean by that is not burdens, but your place of grace. You can function in that place of grace. You have, you have the knowledge in you. You have the ability. You have the, the grace of God within you to function at a higher level than you already are. And he's saying, that's what he's saying today. He's saying, come on up. Come on up higher. The view is better up here. There's more open space. You'll find more satisfaction, more... Uh, Uh, I'm going to say this, flexibility in your relationship with the Lord. You won't feel so rigid. Because you've developed in strength. And you need to act on what you know. 
Do you know there are people that allow disappointment to stop their spiritual growth? And they call it, it's my personality. I'm just, the Lord is just helping me roll here. I'm finding stuff. <laughs> they call it, well, I'm just, that's just my personality. I just, you know, I get hurt easily. You better stop saying that. Because you keep saying that and the devil will make sure that the hurt comes. You should be saying, because this is what the Lord said, I have the love of God shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I take no account of a wrong suffered. Well, I'm just such a sensitive person. Just a sensitive person. I'm just really sensitive. <laughs> Can you tell I've been in church a while? <laughs> I'm just really sensitive. A lot of times what people mean by that is they're easily offended by everything. Now, there's a difference between being sensitive in the spirit and being aware of things. But people that are sensitive by the Holy Ghost aren't spiritually and emotionally immature. In other words, they're not sensitive in the Holy Ghost. And then the Holy Ghost, they think the Holy Ghost reinforces their right to be oppressed and depressed about how they were hurt. And they think the Lord is sitting there coddling them in their hurt and strengthening that pain feeling. He's not. He will never do that. He will pick you up and go, I understand where you're at. I've been touched by that feeling, but let's go ahead and let's move on and let's move past this because it's for your good. And you'll never be able to minister to somebody else like you should if you don't develop yourself. Right? I know, I don't, this is a different Wednesday. But if, if I want to be strong, I've got to grow. I have to grow. I have to develop. I have to realize in this life, I'm going to have lots of opportunities for the enemy to attack me. But I also, that means I have lots of opportunities to overcome by the word of God. And be spiritually strong and developed like I should. Amen? If you have any concerns about tonight, just go ahead and uh, email rclobold at <laughs> gmail.com. He will be glad to field any questions that you might have. <laughs> and... Just to make it even better, Heidi and I won't be in the office for the next two days. So, there you go. <laughs> We're headed down to Dickinson, North Dakota. Up. We're headed over. Yeah, it's good enough. We're going that way. <laughs> yeah, east, yeah. Yep. So we'll be over there for the next couple of days getting some meetings in with 
the Breakforth crew and the RMAI crew, so it'll be good. But uh, did you get anything tonight? Take it and pray. Realize this, as you're praying, God will approach. I don't know where everybody's at spiritually exactly, but he knows exactly where you're at, so he'll pinpoint what you need out of it. So let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Not everything I said is for every person in here. It's bits and pieces, but it'll bounce around. So, so keep that in mind while you're praying and while you're seeking the Lord on it. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.